Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, folks, and welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I am Charlie Burris here with my co-host and A to Z Sports Tennessee writer, Zach Reagan. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I are talking everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. And if that sounds good to you, make sure that you go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on iTunes and Spotify. All the new episodes drop there every Monday morning. Uh, again, A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed. There is the A to Z Sports feed and the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed. Find us over there on the network. Uh, if you subscribe, you'll see every single episode. You won't miss a thing. And then you can follow us on social media. I'm at Charlie underscore Burris. Zach's at, at Zach TNT. Then at A to Z Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports Nashville. And A to Z Sports Nashville.com to see everything Zach writes. The podcast, as always, is brought to you by TennesseeTickets.com. The place you should trust with any of your ticket purchases. Vols home and away games, which hopefully we'll have fans at them. We're going to probably find that fade out pretty soon here. Uh, concerts at your favorite venues, all with zero hidden fees at checkout, unlike other sites. And you can save $10 off every ticket purchase with the promo code AZ10, AZ10. That's TennesseeTickets.com. Zach, we're, uh, we're recording in the, in the morning. I'm, I'm fueled by coffee and not by, you know, my nightly, like, rage. It's, uh, it's, it's a different feeling now that we're, we're mo- like, the sun is out. I just, you know, maybe I'm just feeling better. How you doing? Ah, pretty good. It does feel weird with the sun kind of beaming in here, and it, it's been a couple of weeks since since I've been here, so it is a different feeling today. Yeah, we both uh, we both had various vacations uh, to different destinations. Did you were you in in Florida? Where'd you head? To? No, I was in South Carolina. South Carolina. Okay. E- either way, still the Wild West down there, like you described <laughs> it a couple yeah. of weeks ago. They, uh, they there's. Not as much consideration given. It, it was interesting. Uh, we went to North Carolina on this. This is a second of two vacations, each with a different family. One was with my family. One was with my wife's family. Went to North Carolina, I guess, a, a whole week back. And they are actually very serious. It was so, so different uh, from South Carolina. Masks everywhere. We went to an outdoor coffee place, like a coffee place that was simply a walk-up, um, like a walk-up window. That's all it was, and you sit at tables outside, and we had to wear masks in that whole thing. So I, you know, think what you want about that, uh, <laughs> but it was, point being, it was very, very serious, but glad to be back here talking balls. That's all I know, and and the football season drawing ever closer, and still in doubt, strangely. Yeah, I thought we'd know something a little more concrete by now, kind of approaching the end of July, but... It's as up in the air as ever, and I'm really getting nervous about it because typically, right now, we would have we'd be talking about SEC media days. 
you'd be gearing up for the season, kind of that excitement that you feel before every season, and it's just not there right now. Yeah, SEC Media Days would have happened this past week. Um, something that I've always enjoyed going to. It's always an absolute circus. Um, have you you've been you've been to SEC Media? Day, no, I've, right? I've never actually been. Never been. No, oh, it is. It's it's an interesting thing because they're extremely liberal with uh, with who they give press passes to. They just really don't care, and so you get questions where it's like. Uh, First Baptist Church of Tuscaloosa, Coach Saban. Uh, what? How many? How many national championships do you think you're going to win over the next ten years? You know, they're just—it's total nonsense. But it's—it's it's always a lot of fun. It's a total shame that it got. I guess it's not scrapped. They are doing it digitally here soon. Am I wrong about that? Originally, they were going to do it digitally the same days I think or the same week and then they it just got postponed or they never officially announced they were going to they kind of planned to and then it's just kind of got postponed pushed back I mean if I if I'm being honest I don't mind the move to digital press conferences because personally as someone who did that day to day for uh, you know the last years um I kind of hated going all the way down to campus and then Butch would always be late you know, we'd sit there for 20 minutes while he lollygagged in the back. I don't know what he was doing. And then uh, finally he would get up there, talk for 15 minutes, then get down. Uh, and so I don't really mind the digital press conferences and stuff like that. Frankly, it should have been that way from the beginning. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, especially for like the the Monday press conferences or something. Oh, that they, yeah. they, you know, when they're not, there's not a practice attached to it. You're simply there to watch a press conference. There's really no point in... I, showing up to ask a question yeah the, the formality is a waste Zoom. of time for everybody yeah. yeah like why just sit the coach down in front of a computer that's already been you know prepped and everybody's already there and then it's like 10 minutes and he can get up and go i like that i don't mind at all and honestly i hope it sticks because it is a waste of gas for, for a lot of the guys um they, they cover the team um but that's, that's neither here nor there. We'll circle back around to where college football is. That'll kind of be the second part of the show. We have some not-so-great news uh, for, for Tennessee up front that we want to talk about first. Emmett Gooden, defensive lineman for the Vols, or I guess formerly for the Vols, um, was charged with domestic assault, a really ugly incident, and he was subsequently dismissed from the program, allegedly uh, was in an altercation with I, I think a female and a male, uh, and he hit the allegedly hit the female over the head with a candle. She had to get stitches in her head. I mean, it just it's not good. And this is already a kid <clears throat> who came from East Mississippi Community College, which is sort of a, I mean, <laughs> obviously they they made a documentary about it called Last Chance You, uh, where sort of uh, kids who get exiled from other programs go to rehabilitate and then go back. Uh, and he had already been through that mill and had come to Tennessee. And, uh, you know, this I hate I hate seeing this. I hate, hate, hate it because he's a talented kid coming off an injury, was going to get his opportunity this year and just burned it. And and uh, honestly, like, who knows what the repercussions are of that for his life going forward? I, I hate seeing these guys ruin their opportunities. I know in the, the junior college route whenever you take a kid from a junior college route that's had some issues, it's always a gamble 
And I love seeing players get second chances because it's one thing I agree with Nick Saban with. Like, you can't just exile a kid because he made a mistake. Give him, give him a second chance, third chance, whatever it ends up being. But, you know, at some point, you do have to make a decision to dismiss a player. Like, in this situation, it was it's the right call. They didn't – Tennessee didn't mess around with it either. When they were reached for comment about the incident, usually – the standard line they give is we're gathering all the information. We are aware of the incident with this situation. It was like, Nope, Pruitt has dismissed him from the team immediately. But you know, when you take those kids from junior college, it does come with a risk and it's a risk that I'm glad that programs like Tennessee take, but you really never know which way it's going to turn out. Unfortunately. Yeah. All, all I ever want to see out of, out of the, the kid like that, that comes from junior college and, uh, it is for them to really take the the chance by the horns, and a lot of guys do, and it's oh, good. Yeah. And I'm glad that they have that that chance. And it anything like this, obviously, it's unfortunate for every single person involved. The kid, it it sounds like if everything alleged is true, he he deserved it. You got to go. You can't. That can't happen. I that mean, must have been some pretty solid evidence for Tennessee to immediately. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, we're you're gone. I mean, it just uh, any incident like like that is totally unacceptable. Uh, like I said, if if what is alleged is true, and I uh, you know I would support that fully. The the question now, in terms of what we probably need to talk about, is that Tennessee doesn't really have a lot of wiggle room when it comes to uh, the defensive line. Probably the position where Tennessee has the least amount of depth. There were a lot of question marks to start with. You lost Kyle Phillips. I mean, it was already it, who was, you know, your your best. I guess he's considered a linebacker, but he was a defensive end, essentially. Um, you know, you, you lost uh, your, your best guy on that defensive line. Where where do you go uh, to, to fill this spot? I mean, Tennessee has a lot of talent there. It's just so young and inexperienced, and that's what you know, there's an opportunity for, for several young players to step up, and they've got a lot of options that they can kind of mix and match with with the line there. Greg Emerson's somebody that started some games for Tennessee last year. Maybe Elijah Simmons, uh, somebody I really liked in the recruiting process. Maybe he steps up and becomes a big factor this year. They can move Aubrey Solomon maybe outside a little. Uh, I want Ari Thomas. See- Yes, now he's I like him obviously a, a yeah, true true freshman um but it, I mean, I think those guys might might get a chance when you do look at that set of players. I mean, I think your your linchpin is is Darrell Middleton. That was probably yes. going to be the case anyway. Aubrey Solomon is your uh it is it, right right there with him. Both guys that are upperclassmen have shown that they're they can be pretty effective. I I want to see an Elijah Simmons Kid, he's what, uh, 6'2", 340, but I remember during his recruitment, a video of him uh, dunking. Yeah, like he's athletic. Full, yeah, like, and and just some some guys that size, 340. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's a, a large man. Uh, and, and if you can jump like that, I, I would be interested to see how he operates. But the, the tough thing in talking about this is that we didn't get to see spring football. Exactly. We're not going to get to see fall football, I assume. I, I don't really know what the setup is going to be next month if football happens at all. So it's really hard to look at this and be like, oh, it's going to be it, for sure. It'll be Elijah Simmons. I, we're really not certain. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't I would say the coaches probably aren't either. They haven't been able to see enough. So it's uh, 
Yeah, it's a situation where if we had spring practice, Omari Thomas and Dominic Bailey, they were both early enrollees. They would have had 15 practices. I'm not saying they've been ready to step in and start as true freshmen at defensive tackle in, in the SEC, but it would have been an option maybe that, that Tennessee had. And without them going through spring practice, I'm just not sure how re, uh, realistic that is to expect that. Yeah, I was I was doing radio in Nashville, I guess, was it, sun, so Friday, two days ago, and uh, the guy asked me, uh, you know, what what will be the thing that if, if Tennessee takes a big step forward, what, what is the factor that we will be talking about? I think the obvious answer is, is the quarterback position. You know, obviously that's what, without a doubt, needs to take the biggest step forward for Tennessee to excel. Um, but I have no idea at this point. It's, it's so hard to give analysis like that. I have never seen Harrison Bailey play besides high school. I mean, I've seen his high school clips. I haven't seen the kid throw a football <laughs> in a Tennessee uniform. I don't know how to assess uh, even what that situation might be because, uh, you know, if JG doesn't work, where do you go? Is it Harrison Bailey? Is it one of those other kids? I don't know. Um, you know, I can give you my best guess, but until we see some of these kids actually, you know, t- touch a football. <laughs> yeah. Oh, on top of that. Kind of up in the air. We have no idea how much Brian Maurer has progressed since being yeah. a, a true freshman. I mean, he got a lot of important reps as a, as a true freshman in important games. I mean, has he taken a big step forward? Is he a little more secure at the ball, not throwing it all over the place? Same with JT Shrout. I mean, you don't know if one of those guys is taking a big step forward or not either. Yeah, the, the real question is, have they put in the mental reps? Uh, a phrase that Butch leadership like reps. Leadership reps, yes. Hopefully they've gotten plenty of those. You can have those without football. Lots of mental and leadership reps. Uh, but it is, it's just, it's difficult to uh, to assess exactly what the situation is with Tennessee and with the defensive line. Because, yeah, maybe some of these young guys are ready to step up. Because, you, I mean, last season you saw a guy like a Henry Toto, true freshman. He was able to come in. Dude's a monster. You know, he's he was rough around the edges. But, you know, you uh, you had a guy that just can step into that position and just be that good. And it's the, the defensive line is going to be huge for, for Tennessee in terms of the, the success of the defensive unit. And they they got to get it figured out and hopefully they can. Well, you know, something else there, too, that kind of throws a wrench in the whole thing is having a new defensive line coach with Jimmy Brumbaugh oh, as it really even been able to practice with his defensive lineman through this whole process. It, hmm. It's going to be strange all the way around to think. So let's say that this comes down and maybe uh, Tennessee just shaves off all of the, uh, the snoozer games. Cause it looks like that is something that even without Tennessee's input, it might happen because a lot of these small leagues, uh, are, are shutting it down. They, they just don't have uh, the capacity that if, you know, the, the Big Ten uh, took away non-conference games, and if those schools don't get that million-dollar payout to, to go get whipped at Ohio State, <clears throat> you know, they, they can't operate. And so they're sort of cutting their losses and running, and that's going to affect, you know, if the, the I believe the CAA was one of them, uh, you know, they, they're cutting out if Tennessee plays one of the teams in that league. Well, now Tennessee has an open week on the schedule, uh, and who knows? And, th- and there's only—I mean, there's six. 
is it even six weeks? It's it's like five weeks to get this figured out at this point. Um, you know, time time is dwindling down. Uh, six weeks. Six weeks to get it figured out. But still, um, you know, the season is coming. Yeah, and- I don't know how much of a factor the distance is necessarily for some of these smaller schools. But if you're UNC Charlotte and you really need that payday, Charlotte to Knoxville isn't that difficult of a trip to make if that's the concern. You're not having to fly anywhere. Tennessee also plays Furman and Troy all within a reasonable distance from Knoxville. So if those schools are, I mean, they need that payout. If that's the holdup there, I, I could see how maybe those games remain. I mean, it, it makes financial sense for those programs to want to play those games. I mean, if, if they can be done safely, and of course that's the overriding question. Um, yeah, that sh- it, to, to me, that should stay. You're, those programs, it's a lifeline. It, you know, when, when they get that payout, it's a buoy essentially, because those programs without it just operate in the red. They would just hemorrhage money constantly because um, football is an expensive sport to operate. And so I, I hope those games stay, and I hope the season can be as nearly normal as possible if it does happen. I, God, it would just be such a hard pill to swallow if you have, I mean, what, what all is going to be back? It's incredibly by what August 1st ish, you'll have. Uh, an NBA, MLB, MLS, NHL, uh, obviously UFC's been back, NASCAR's back, like almost every single pro sport on earth will will be back around. And to not be able to have college football, that's I the NFL'll probably be happy <laughs> because they'll you know they'll get to fill those time slots um, and and get that viewership. but I got that ugh, that would suck. That's what, I mean, that's what's so tough about this time of year. I mean, this really, towards the end of July, you get so excited for college football. I mean, it is just, it's one of the best feelings. It's like Christmas when you're a kid, the anticipation of it, and to not have that feeling this year, it's really disappointing. Even even just to have, like, if it's going to happen, I'm going to get excited. Like, if, if we yeah. get confirmation, if we can get to the point where we get confirmation, the season is happening, but it's going to be in this kind of modified form i'll get hyped but this weird purgatory that we're in right now it feels so weird talking about players like good and who's going to step up when you don't know if there's going to be a season or not or what the season's going to look like exactly and you're you are already seeing some of the effects on uh on college basketball because some uh, obviously you have some like the Ivy League's already dipped out and they're just saying they're not going to have sports or whatever. But then, uh, you know, you have some, uh, I forget exactly what league it was, one of the smaller leagues that said that they're only going to do conference games. And that's college basketball. I mean, good Lord, man. This, in July, you know, you got August, September, October, and then basketball doesn't even start till the middle of November. You got some time. And I mean, and they're talking about like, that this Oxford vaccine could be good to go in like October. I don't know in terms of rollout. I don't know how long, if it's ready in October or November. I don't know what that means in terms of like the doses getting to America and being available. But like, you know, that's just things, things can change for better or worse. I it could be worse in November. And that's what a lot of people are projecting. But um, I, basketball requires a lot less planning than college yes. football. I mean, of any sport on earth, college football is the most difficult to 
to kind of make a plan for even more than the NFL because you can't really put these restrictions on college kids like you do a professional athlete. No, and I with with, with college basketball, the logistics of that would be I would think significantly easier obviously a much smaller amount of people to to wrangle um but then on on top of that you can just axe those neutral site games and be like we're not traveling to like maui to go (laughs) to go have the you know the maui invitational that's i i think at this point that's almost a given that things like that aren't going to happen as much as that sucks that's one of my favorite things i love the maui invitational but um you know that that i understand but this this three and a half months ahead of time being like, oh, we're only going to have conference games. Well, I mean, come on now. The world is a strange, strange place right now. I, I, I like the way that the SEC is operating. We're going to give it as much time as we can. And then we'll, we'll call it. We're going to, you know, they're making all these contingency plans. They're planning for every eventuality. And then they, they're going to be able to make the decision when the time is, is right. I personally, I think that's the most reasonable, pragmatic way to, to go about it. Uh, but obviously, not everybody agrees. <laughs> well, it's going to be unique either way because almost undoubtedly there's going to be some scheduling changes. Even if the SEC plans to proceed as normal, like you said earlier, what other conferences do are going to affect them. In, in a, and they already have affected them in a major way. We've already seen programs lose you know, non-conference games with other programs. So if they're going to play the full schedule, they've got to figure out if, if they can play somebody else, how that would work. And it, it's it's just all up in the air. And, you know, how many games do they get to play? Do they get to play 12? Do they only get to play their 9, 10? Is every program different? How do they kind of align that so it's all fair? I would I don't envy the people making these decisions right now. No. It's it's going to be uh, an interesting month. I'm currently not feeling incredibly optimistic. Uh, but at this point, I, man, I just hope it happens. I think that's that's maybe my my bottom line. But you do have some maybe this is encouraging news. You had some rumblings that uh, so Alabama lost their matchup with USC. I think that was going to be their their season opening game was a neutral site against Southern Cal. That's gone because the Pac-12 is playing only conference games. Um, and there's talk now that they're Alabama's trying to replace that game with Notre Dame. So that's a good faith effort that would signal to me that the SEC is not planning on canceling anything. I uh, And so f- hopefully that, that sticks around. I guess we'll see exactly how that plays out. But uh, there, there are some signs that maybe we should have a little bit of optimism. We'll see. Uh, the kind of a funny byproduct of that with Alabama and USC that I was thinking about is kind of off topic, but that really might help Clay Hilton save his job at USC another year because that's a guaranteed <laughs> major loss that he was going to have oh, yeah. there. And I was shocked he kept his job anyway. So he's – and who's going to fire somebody after this year? I mean, anybody on the hot seat, you would think Will Muschamp at South Carolina, um, Gus Malzahn, who's perpetually – up in the air with his job status at Auburn and bouncing around. Like you, you can't imagine there's going to be any major changes after this season. There's going to be so much ancillary fallout from, from all of this. Cause you had, uh, let me look at, at at exactly what it was. I, I noted this tweet. It, it was, uh, yeah, here it is. 
High School Football America said California, the state of California is expected to move high school football to 2021. Announcement coming Monday. Um, that's going to screw with recruiting in a real way. It's the, I mean, it's one of the biggest, population-wise, one of the biggest states in America. And they have a ton. Uh, I mean, it's a football recruiting hotbed in California. Henry Toto, California kid, you know? Like, yeah, there's J.T. Shroud. J- yeah, J.T. Shroud. I, even Tennessee is getting kids from California. And the the uh, the season would cross over National Signing Day. The season would be happening. So I you would probably have uh, a lot of kids that are playing there that just wouldn't play the season. Would be my guess is that you have some of these kids that are matriculating to college are just gonna be like, mm, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna just uh, you know not. <laughs> yeah, if you got I, a highly recruited player that's already committed, why would you play? Exactly, you have no motivation at all, and and I don't. It's hard to project exactly what kind of effect on on accounting or on accounting. What am I? Oh boy, on recruiting that that would have. I can't uh, see the early signing period happening in December. I just mm, as things stand no. right now, even independent of that decision by California, if that happens, uh, visits aren't happening through August thirty first at least. Who knows if they'll resume after that? I mean, it just seems like they keep pushing it back. So these kids haven't been able to take these official visits. How do you expect the kid that's the number five player in the country to commit and sign with a program he hasn't officially visited? I just can't see that happening in December. I agree. I I don't know what all of the kind of unintended consequences of this will be because obviously the intention – is to keep people safe, have people not not traveling everywhere. Um, but you have, I mean, you have some situations that even if recruiting was open, and, and it may be an equity thing where they're trying to level the playing field because some states you can go to and other states you can. I mean, you have a situation right now where, like, if, if a school's in New York, say a kid wants to go visit Syracuse, I think the, didn't the governor of New York say if you're from, like, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina, and you come into New York, we're going to make you quarantine or something like yeah, for 14 days. Yeah. And so you have some situations like that where Syracuse is just screwed. If they want to have a kid come, you know, you, you can't just say, Hey, come and stay in the state for three weeks just so you can do a visit. Um, I think Hawaii is the same way. They've been quarantining everybody since it's an Island. They can kind of actually control that. They can actually see, see everybody that comes in through the airport or by boat and you know you can't like that's not fair uh, of sorts to those schools to say that everybody can have recruits on campus except those guys because the government says they can't um so it's there's gonna be a ton of fallout (laughs) there's some of those kind of black market recruiting trips happening though especially in the sec where these kids are just showing up on campus and, and we've seen it with tennessee where the you know, the coaches are on a FaceTime call or a Zoom call and they're kind of guiding them around campus, where to go, what to see. So there has been a lot of that going on, I'm sure, at campuses all through the South. It's, it's uh, you know, it's the same kind of concept as like prohibition in the 20s. Oh, alcohol is illegal. Well, we're just going to go drink in a basement where you can't see us. Like that's, yeah. you know, that, that's all that ends up happening. Um, and, and of course, dude, the SEC is going to find a way. 
There, oh, everybody yeah. finds a way, <laughs> especially when you're the, when you're the Southeastern Conference. Uh, when you know they're they're going to drive things like that and find those loopholes. But it, it nonetheless, I I hope it doesn't have some kind of big fallout. All of these things just screwing screwing up these kids' future. In you know, in, in my opinion, um, where you're well. S- Maybe screwing up, but screwing with. I can say that. Um, Because it just, this is the biggest decision that they're going to make for some foreseeable amount of time. And it can make a difference on, you know, the team that you go and play for. You could end up playing for Butch Jones and and him, you know, have him screw you over. And if you don't get the chance to go visit him, you won't notice that Butch is awful. The good news here is that the NCAA is probably going to, you know, institute the one-time transfer rule at some point in the near future so at least some of these kids if they end up somewhere that they just absolutely hate and they get misled they'll be able to leave fairly easily i hope so there there needs there's going to be a lot of concessions made i think uh be because of all this in in the future and it I mean, honestly, it's it's impossible to even project at this point because I I thought, as we've already said, I thought that we would have a much more concrete view of things by this point. But hmm, you know, here we are. I just don't understand why something like this couldn't have happened in a year like 2017 for Tennessee when things weren't looking so up. Like if it's going to have to have a season where things kind of get shaken up, it, it couldn't have been. Yeah, Tennessee's supposed to be pretty decent this year. They're supposed to be on the rise. We're supposed to see some major improvements. It's a shame to have this season kind of messed up like it is. I, the the what I will be incredibly perturbed by. Obviously, if if college football gets canceled, it, ugh, it makes me sick to my stomach to even think about that. But even more so, do college basketball, Tennessee, this coming season. In in my opinion, when I Ben Ben McKee and myself, we talked about it last week on the show. The team is set up to have one of the best backcourts in America. You have some really good leadership with guys like John Fulkerson. Like, they should be pretty dang good this coming season, somewhere around easily top 25, maybe top 10. Um, And if, I guess that does depend somewhat on uh, the kids coming in, the freshmen coming in, living up to their potential. But um, I just think the potential is there for Tennessee to be really, really good. And if the season gets canceled, uh, I, I don't want to, I don't know. I don't want to think about that. Surely just, that can't. I mean, just, I know it's there in the back of our minds, but surely college basketball, I mean, it just makes so much sense that that can happen. And yeah, that would be such a fun year to watch for Tennessee. And I can't imagine going another a year without seeing the NCAA tournament and without seeing this Tennessee team in the NCAA tournament because they really are made – to, to make a splash in the tournament this year. If if this is still going on in in March, in a similar way, by by March, a full year, and the NCAA can't figure out a way, like the, given the full year to figure out a way to have the NCAA tournament, I just, just in, well, I already think this, just end the NCAA. Just why, why are they even there? At this point, because that's that's already been the discussion around what's happening is why isn't the NCAA stepping in and maybe making like, uh, you know, a, a default set of safety standards oh, <laughs> across, yeah. across all schools? 
you know, something like that. They're making these suggestions and whatever. Um, but why not just have a uniform set? Because that's that's one of the driving reasons why teams are going to conference only is because within their conferences, they can have a set uh, of, of defined requirements and say, this is what you have to do. And we're okay with playing teams that are also living by these standards. Uh, well, you could do that for the whole NCAA because it's a governing body that apparently only wants to come in when it's convenient for them. They only, oh, they want to, you know, they want to enforce those rules. They want to give Jay Graham a show cause. But when when they could actually show leadership and say, hey, let's let's figure out this COVID situation, they're nowhere to be found. You know, and I, uh, they, they make me a, angry. They do make me angry in a way. Figure that, it out. Yeah. Type do. I, I, I don't know. This, like, this is not. The NCAA is not the United States. There's no federalism here. Take over <laughs> and say this is what you have to do. Like, this is not, there's no states' rights. It's the NCAA. You're the governing body. Clearly, you love doling out punishments to everybody. Like, do, do your job. Do something um, to, to maybe help this situation rather than just sitting by and being like, oh, it's pretty bad, but I mean, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> it's very much like they're, okay, figure it out. Do, you know, do what you want to do each conference. And then if something goes wrong, it'll be like, okay, here's the consequences for these decisions that you shouldn't have made. And it just won't make any sense because that's how the NCAA handles things. Yeah. Nothing, nothing they do is ever correct. And it's against all logic and, you know, well, it's that is what it is at at this point. They don't want to let players profit off of their likeness, but they want to punish players for getting paid. And they, you know, they don't want to actually help anybody with COVID. It's you know, it's pretty uh pretty standard stuff. I think for the NCAA, neither here nor there, I guess. But uh, that's that's that. I not a whole lot else has really happened this week. It's we're really in like the throes of the the dog days of this. I, I feel like, you know, you obviously the, the cases and everything are, are rising and the situation is, is not good almost anywhere necessarily, but uh, it, it I, I hope we figure out something. And as I said, what, six weeks, it will really, I guess when it comes to fall practice, what a month, um, really less than that. Yeah. Cause fall, Typically it's first part of August. Yeah, that's true. Um, and you you would really, I, I would say, probably the last days of July crossing into August, that's when you would start having like coach press conferences mm -hmm. and, and maybe getting it to talk to some of the players. And it's coming. It's coming soon. I'll uh, I'll be interested to see. I, I've really been trying to, to hone in on, you know, what Greg, Greg Sankey is kind of thinking and seeing where his mind is at as, as someone who, you know, is actually uh, taking some leadership and doing some things. They've had <laughs> to, the best approach, I think so far, by far of yeah, any I of the agree. conferences, just kind of this wait and see mode. We've seen in every single sport on the planet, how easy it is to just cancel and to press the off switch. You don't have to do that two months ahead of time. You can do it pretty instantly. Planning for games, that's as they've been doing, planning for crowds. You go ahead and you start making those plans. If you don't need them, fine. But if you haven't canceled it too early, 
it's hard to cancel something and then go back and say, Hey, we're going to do it. I mean, we haven't seen anybody do that yet. I mean, we've, I remember early on, we talked a lot about why are they canceling things so far in advance? Well, maybe they'll, things will get better and they'll undo their cancellation. You know, that never happened in any sport. I mean, once it's, once they start making those plans to cancel events, it's done. I mean, it's not coming back no matter how early they make that announcement. So I'm glad the SEC hasn't went down that road. If nothing else, they've given us some hope, which I think we all need at this point. Yeah. I, and I, I've said it cause thankfully the, the NHL is officially coming back August 1st. Obviously MLB is coming back too. We so badly need sports. <laughs> We need a distraction, man. This, you know, you want to face the real world and, and you want to be, uh, or, you know, you, you want to be proactive instead of reactionary with this sort of stuff and always be mindful of what's going on. But when all there is to do is just sit around and argue and especially argue about politics that can get so personal so quick, we need something, some sort of distraction to to get people to kind of look the other way for a couple hours it is it's been nice uh, this week kind of seeing some mlb talk with practices and uh nba talk talking about players in the bubble and just actual basketball talk has been refreshing to hear instead of it centering all on covid related you know, how they want to handle things and this and that and what players tested positive. And we still have a lot of that going on, but just actually talk about like, Hey, who's going to, who's going to come out of this seeding process in the NBA? Um, who has the best chance to win the title? Is it the Bucks? Is it the Lakers, the Clippers? I mean, you hearing that discussion has been so nice this past week. Yes. It please, please bring the sports as a distraction. Cause it is, um, and, and I'm, I'm excited to see, in action, specifically the MLB, because they are they're not doing the bubble approach really. Uh, they're they're just trying to yeah, to get traveling. To yeah, I mean they're it's doing Toronto. It. The Blue Jays um, have no place to play. That's true, <laughs> but uh, but other than that, um, yeah, I mean they're they're traveling and doing it. It's going to be I would say the MLB is going to be as close to what we may see with college football. And I'm very interested to see how that goes, because specifically when you have a situation like, you know, uh, like a Freddie Freeman gets the virus, um, what happens in season? Is it just uh, like, do you, do you have to quarantine the entire roster that came into contact with him? Or, and then does that cancel games? I, I don't want to, I don't want to see that happen, but I would like to see how it goes in practice, you know, and in actual real life application, uh, because we're, we're theorizing and theorizing and theorizing. I would like to see how it's actually handled in a real situation and, and just get it over with and then be like, okay, they did it this way. That's a good, hopefully a good example of what can be done if it happens in college football, yada, yada, you know, just kind of see exactly where it goes when this stuff actually starts happening. I'm, I'm ready to, to get that out of the way. Yeah, that will be interesting to see because kind of right now where they're in this spring training mode, if a player tests positive, they can probably remove him and then kind of distance everybody that came in contact. You can kind of manipulate how you want players set up and where they go. 
in game situations, you're traveling, you're on the road, you don't have that luxury. So yeah, I agree. Do do they quarantine the whole team, quarantine the whole infield that was around a certain player? It, it could get messy real quick. Hopefully they have some decent plans on how to handle that. But considering how MLB handled the restart, I would not be that confident that they do. We will see. That, I mean, I think that's it. Is that it? I don't... We Oh, well, we did. I guess we can cover this. This is just sort of a passing note. You have uh, a defensive back for Tennessee that's hitting the transfer portal. Uh, Brandon Davis, redshirt sophomore. He played. He's played in one game for Tennessee. He didn't record any stats. I think he's just looking for playing time. Um, so not... Not a big story there, but that came out like last night this morning. And so there's that. We can throw that on the end there. Yeah, it's not really major news, I don't suppose. I mean, said so he just wants to play. He's kind of an undersized defensive back. He was in Jeremy Pruitt's first recruiting class. So when they kind of needed some depth, uh, Tennessee's got much better depth at, at defensive back right now. He, there just wasn't a spot for him. Uh, even with, with Nodger Warrior and some other guys leaving, he just he wasn't going to see any action at Tennessee, so I, I don't blame him for looking around and trying to find another place to play. Though at this current time, this late in the summer, not knowing what's going to happen this season, maybe if he's going to have to sit out and transfer, he figures why not this year? Since maybe not a lot's going on anyway, go ahead and get it out of the way, and then you can play wherever. Yeah, this I mean this would certainly be the year to burn. <laughs> I don't think there's any. Any question there, if you can skip this one, it's probably not a, a bad decision. Uh, you know, I hope the kid finds uh, finds what he's looking for. It's a, a pretty good problem to have if you're, you're Tennessee, that you have uh, enough depth at that position that kids are like, kids are deciding to leave because they think that they're probably not going to get playing time. So, hey, that's uh, there. there's that and a little bit of positive spin that we, we can put on it. But otherwise... I do think uh, that is it. Any any parting thoughts? I think this coming up week is going to be pretty major for the return of college football in the SEC. I mean, as you, we're approaching the end of July, you're going to have to start having some plans in motion on what you plan to do for the season. I mean, you're, you're kind of running out of time to make those plans. So I think maybe by next Sunday, we'll have a much better view of, of what the season's going to look like. I hope so. <sighs> Let's just get it figured out. That's all I want. Like I said, this purgatory that we're just sort of sitting in is really unbearable, uh, and I just want it to to be done. Either, well, don't don't call it quits too early. We can do that later. But if you're gonna get it figured out, get it. Let's get it figured out already. Yeah, I just want to be excited about the season. That's all I want right now. Yes, because this is. I mean, it's a million degrees outside. It's unbelievably hot. You step outside, you're just sweating right now at the same. And that's the way that it is here every year in the South. Um, but always there's just starting around this time, just this kind of feeling in general in the community in Knoxville. It's a buzz. It's just a little buzz that kind of starts going on. And, you know, f- football's coming. Football's coming. And it's – I. Uh, I am getting very depressed with the fact that that that's not happening and can't and can't happen because of this cloud, you know, that that's hanging over everything because it's, you know, canceling football is not just devastating for for the schools and and the teams. I mean, make no mistake about it. Businesses around here make tons and tons and tons of money uh, off of Tennessee football and 
it doesn't happen, they won't uh, they won't make that money. It's going to be a not so great time. So let's get it figured out. See where we can go from there, and that's you know that's that. I think. Yeah, so, we all need football. I think we all agree. <laughs> yes, please, please give us football. Uh, but uh, I am Charlie Burris. That is Zach Reagan at Charlie underscore Burris on Twitter at uh, Zach TNT. Uh, A to Z sports, Nashville.com for everything that Zach writes, check it out. Uh, I think that's it. Oh, the go subscribe, subscribe, rate, review, yada, yada. You know, here, here's the thing that we need. I want to get list. Like people are listening. We had thousands of listeners on the, the, uh, of some of the episodes. So people are listening, but when I put out a call for questions almost nobody ever like people don't have questions right now i think that's part of the fact that they think football might not actually happen um so maybe i'll try again this week we want to get actual interactions with people who are listening we know you're listening we can see it we see the numbers it doesn't have to be football Send us questions. always either <laughs> yeah anything, i you know anything goes come on charlie will give us some good drink recipes Dude, yes, I will. I have been deep, uh, deep in the drink making game lately. Uh, but that's uh, all right. Well, that's it. We'll try to get some fan interaction going and we'll see how it goes. But uh, Charlie Burris, Zach Reagan, Big Orange Podcast, uh, A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed. Go subscribe, rate, review. And we'll talk to all y'all next week. See you guys later. <laughs>